Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 459, recorded live on Saturday, April 23rd, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who is almost home alone, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who is home alone, Andy Lowe. Hi. Starring Macaulay Culkin? No, God. Oh. It's one of those movies that I watched, and I'm like... Why did I enjoy this when I was younger? Because it was slapstick comedy and it was fantastic. True. Except for that one damn scene with the furnace. Holy shit. I was terrified of my basement for years because of that. <laughs> oh, the furnace. Oh, so you're home alone. I'm almost alone. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I'm the only human in this house. Yes. But there are two very fuzzy, fluffy puppies here. Once again, I feel like you've already gotten your second dog. Yeah, we've been watching him more often than (laughs) we used to. That's definitely true. Not more often than not, though. Like, we we aren't watching him 50% of the time. Okay. If we were, then he would just be our dog. True. Uh, But John would, would not appreciate that and would probably kill me if I tried to take his dog like that. That would be sad. Yeah. But no, we're watching Tucker again. He's just curled up on the blanket over here. Gotcha. Les is in the middle of the room. So if you hear jangling collars, that's what's going on over here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hi, Andy. Hello, Dave. What's new? Not much. How's still, home ownership in the spring? Uh, still unpacking. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to have to start mowing the lawn soon. I've already mowed. We've got dandelions out front. Oh my god, I know that feeling. I'm not pleased with the dandelions. I went through yesterday when I got home with work with a half a gallon of the the weed, whatever, weed Mm -hmm. killer. And just like, I, I tried to get as much of it as I could, but I doubt it's going to have any effect. Yep. Sprouting up like weeds. Well, they're just so insidious, the way they grow. Mm-hmm. Especially how deep their roots are compared to the actual, you know, flower. Yep, but that's the whole point of using a chemical to kill them, is you're supposed to be able to spray it, and then they die. <laughs> I don't know that they're going to die. I think my, my neighbors are going to be very upset with me, because their lawn is pristine. Like, no dandelions whatsoever. We're also going to have to get a rake. Yeah. Because we have, you know, a, a massive oak tree in the middle of our backyard. Yep. So there are twigs everywhere. Yep. So I think the first time before we have to mow the backyard, we're going to have to... Um, Rake the backyard? Yes. Do you have a wheelbarrow? Um, we have like a, a little wagon cart thing. Why would we need a wheelbarrow? Well, to, to transport the twigs that you are going to... Uh, transport the twigs that you're going to rake up out. Mm. I was probably just going to put them in a pile and then use that as... Because we, we have a fire pit. Okay. So just use that, you know, for the fire pit. Well, if I may make a recommendation. Yes. Look up the Fiskars Kangaroo Gardening Bag. Fiskars Kangaroo Bag. Yep. Hard shell bottom kangaroo gardening. Oh, okay, one of those. Gotcha. Yep. I have one. They are amazing. I will keep that in mind. Gardex leaf scoops. What the hell are those? I don't know. Oh, they're like giant claws that you put over your hands. What? To to grab. Yeah, no, I I I I've got the imagery of it in my mind, but just like what? Yeah, it's a leaf scoop. But you just put your hand in, and it looks like you're you know got like symbols, except they've got like teeth, so you can use them. Uh, that's weird. So one thing I'm not looking forward to is fall. So many oak leaves. And acorns. And acorns, yes. All the acorns. You could you, you should see if there's any recipes that you could use with the acorns, because you're going to have so many acorns. Uh, species of acorn that contain large amounts of tannins are very bitter, astringent, and potentially irritating if eaten raw. Yes. How to collect, process, and eat acorns. I mean, that's like a ready-made food supply right out there. Except that they're incredibly bitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When I first gathered acorns, little did I know that I had gathered acorns already infected with the larva of the oak weevil. Oops. Suggestion. Yes. If there are little holes in the acorn. Yes. Then you should not no. be eating the acorns. Yes. Not all oaks are created equal, so you have to figure out what oak you're dealing with in order to figure out how to deal with the acorns. Ah, this will be something I will just have to deal with later. Okay. Once I, you know, plow <laughs> down all the acorn sprouts that are probably in the backyard. Yep. All the little baby oak trees. Are you going to murder all the oak trees? Yes, I'm going to murder all of the oak trees, except the okay. big one. Because if I murder that thing, most likely it's going to fall on the house. Yep. Or so on the fence. This, it's... this brings up a, a roundabout discussion I was having at work, uh, because thinking of murdering plants and thinking of, of 
herbicide is what it really is. Yes. Uh, and and we were having a discussion about the word reincarnate because the, if you think about the carn part of reincarnate is flesh. Okay. Right. So incarnate is is in the flesh, and so to reincarnate is to bring back to the flesh. And someone someone we we were actually having a Mexican themed potluck, and so someone suggested something about reincarnitas. <laughs> okay. At which point. Uh, my my brain went to Reincarnitas, the Buddhist Mexican fusion restaurant. <laughs> what what does a Buddhist restaurant make? Uh, well, given that Buddhists are vegetarian, not carne, but it would be fusion. So like you you lose some of the vegetarian piece, but you know rice and a lot of other foods. Um, we were trying to think of like taglines for it though, so it would be like Reincarnitas, food so good, we know you'll come back. Buddha restaurant. Let's see if there's actually a golden Buddha. Re- no, it's all Chinese food. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I have to go with Buddhist. Buddhist vegetarian restaurant. There we go. Happy Buddha vegetarian restaurant. Closed. Kosher vegetarian restaurant. Look, all of these are out on the West Coast. What a surprise. <laughs> Who would have thought? There's actually a Wikipedia article for Buddhist cuisine. While monks are vegetarian year-round, many believers follow the Buddhist vegetarian diet temporarily, similar to Lent. Huh, things you didn't know. Yep. So yeah, your 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 Buddhist <laughs> fusion restaurant could actually work, it seems. Well, on the West Coast. On the West Coast, yes. I have a feeling in the Midwest, um, well, especially in Wisconsin, you guys uh, like your cow. Um, yeah, cow, meat in general. Sausage is a, a really big thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, sausage goes well with beer. Very true. So lots of sausages, lots of bratwursts. A lot of sauerkraut at all or no? Um, yes, but not like as a main part of the meal. Okay. It's just kind of there. Gotcha. Sauerkraut, coleslaw is another one. You know, it's, it's the sides that go well with beer and cheese. Particularly if you can deep fry it. <laughs> now I'm just hungry for food. Yeah, welcome to Wisconsin. Well, everybody's hungry for food. Well, uh, everyone eats a lot. Okay, so to get myself off of food, would you like to move to actual topics? But but food. <laughs> I know, but food. But I don't have any food here, and all the food that I could eat right now is crunchy. Ah, that makes it different. I do have, I do have one food uh, here that I could eat, but it is also crunchy. I have a giant bag, and by giant, I mean it is a one, almost, uh, yeah, just over one and a half pound bag of popcorn. That is a big bag of popcorn. And it's a Chicago mix. Oh, that's a uh, Chicago mix. Don't tell me, don't tell me that's caramel yeah. and cheddar combined. Yep. Yes! So you take cheese popcorn and caramel corn and just mix them together in the same bag. Yes. That is uh, the, the Chicago mix. Have you ever had it? I have not. Oh my god, it's so good, Andy. It's it's the salty and the sweet and the crunchy from the caramel corn. and Oh, it's so good. You... Well, there's a popcorn place that we actually get when we go to the mall. Normally yeah. we, we stop by a pretzel place and get a pretzel. Yeah. But then there there's a popcorn? smoothie and popcorn place right next door. Oh, nice. So we get, we get you know, a, a smoothie at the smoothie shop and get the pretzels at yep. the pretzel place. But the smoothie place also does popcorn. Just try it, like, ask for a, a handful of a mixture of cheese and caramel. I wonder if I went up there and said, hey, could I get a small bag of a Chicago mix if they would have any idea what I'm talking about? Given that you are two hours away from Chicago. Hopefully. I expect that they would. <laughs> If they don't, something's wrong. It's a very sad popcorn place where they don't know popcorn. What a Chicago mix is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, now I'm remembering the popcorn place in Seattle. Do you remember I, them? No, no, I don't. They had the, like, maple bacon popcorn? No, I don't remember that. I remember the, the restaurant with the Iron Chef. Was it, it was his dad's restaurant? Yeah, that was a uh, restaurant. It was just, a, like, a deli, basically. It was uh, Mario Batali's father. Okay. It was a good deli. Yeah, well, you say that because you got there at closing time and they gave you, like, three packages of free food. Hey, I would have paid for the food, but they're like, would you like this? Why, yes. Yes, I would. Sure. All right. I suppose we can get to topics. <laughs> now I'm hungry. See what you did here, Dave? Yeah, well, the, so the thing for me is not only am I hungry, I'm still craving caffeine. As I sit here with my 16 ounces of coffee. God damn you, sir. God damn you. Which I forgot that I had made this morning. So it's lukewarm coffee, and then I also accidentally dumped in too much creamer. You, you do have a microwave. I do. Yeah, like, it exists. 
I know. It also has a automatic uh, beverage reheat option. What? I don't know. It's 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 not only a microwave. It's also a convection oven. Okay. So it's like we could do like. Oh, but the microwave would be much better at heating your coffee. I know. That's it's one of the microwave options. Is the auto uh, beverage reheat? Yeah. But it's a very complicated microwave because it's also the oven as well. So it's like... So are you afraid to use it? No, I've, I've microwaved stuff in there before. It's just things... It's more complicated than your standard microwave. Is there a button that says run for 30 seconds? Yes, there also is actually a button that says run for 30 seconds. Then you put the coffee in and you press the button. For run for 30... I don't know if this travel mug is microwave safe. God damn it, Andy. Well, I don't want to melt this coffee mug. Take the coffee out of the mug. Put, put it into in another mug, mug. Put that in the thing there. And then once that is done, pour it back into this mug. You are making this far more complex than it needs to be. <laughs> Which is why I'm drinking lukewarm coffee, because it's very complicated. No, it's not. Pour coffee into other mug. Microwave other mug. Drink from other mug. Well, the the problem is I, I like drinking, you know, with something that won't spill. Because I have spilled... <laughs> on things before next to my computer and had to buy new electronic equipment because of said spill. Don't spill. Well, nobody plans on spilling. I don't sit here and go, you know, it'd be great if I spilled this hot coffee for all of my electronics. Lukewarm coffee. Well, that time it was hot. Ah. Yeah, no, nobody plans on spilling anything at any time. I don't, okay. Anyway. <laughs> There are definitely people who plan on spilling things when you need to spill things. Or just to be jerks. I don't, I don't know where to go from that one. It, topics! <laughs> okay. That's where we go for that one. We go into topics. All right, what do we got? Oh, quite a few. Yes. So what happens when I'm sitting here waiting? Uh, I just find more and more topics. Microsoft is ceasing the Xbox 360 production. Yes. I didn't know they were still doing them. Yes, they were still building Xbox 360s until now. Okay. Now the uh, the Xbox Gold games, that's still going on. The servers are still going to be up and running. Um, Xbox, yeah, all the Xbox Live-related services will continue to function. And, um, yeah, if you need a service, that's still going to be going on. They said for how long Xbox Live will no. still be going? No, they did not. Do we have any reason to believe that it will be going indefinitely? Probably not, because my guess is once the Xbox 360 is entirely back, or the Xbox One is entirely backwards compatible, with the Xbox 360, then I have a feeling once that happens, which I think was what later this year. You think they're just going to turn off live? That's what I'm thinking. They're going to turn off the Xbox 360 once the one becomes entirely backwards compatible. Mm, I don't know. I hope not because I'm not planning on getting an Xbox One. And I have a 360. It's plugged in in the basement. Ours is still in a bag somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere over the rainbow? No, probably somewhere actually in the living room. Oh, okay. Do you know which box? Oh, I don't have my long cord on this thing. Uh, probably. Okay. If you gave me like two minutes, I probably could find it. But no, I haven't set it up yet. Ah, well, I'm not going to give you the two minutes right now. Okay, then. Good. But yeah, no, it is... Um, it's 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 the end of an era. Um, we're not quite at the end of the era yet. I would I'm not sure I'd go quite that far. Well, it's been what a decade? Yeah, it's Since been the 360 came out. Yeah, November last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, was it 2006? No, no, November last year. Oh, so for the Xbox One? What? I don't know what you're talking about. The end of an era. Which era? The the the, the 360 console era. The 360 yeah. PS3 console era. Yeah. Are they? Wait, is PlayStation still making PS3s or no? I uh, believe they are. I mean, they. Let me put it this way: they just stopped making PlayStation Twos. <laughs> that is true. How are you defining it as the end of an era? Well, okay. So yeah, now we. It's not. So, it's no longer current gen. Okay, that's but, that's for certain. If if we step back and even say, are the current gen different enough to warrant this being a new era? See, like for me, end of an era would be moving from cartridge-based systems to disc-based systems. So the end of an era for you would be the jump from the Nintendo sixty-four to the GameCube to the GameCube, the GameCube, the original Xbox, and the PlayStation. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's that's a that's an that's an era jump. But then, the, the okay, jump so from a PlayStation Three to a PlayStation Four. Okay, then, well, then, what's the difference between the PlayStation One and the PlayStation Four? What is the difference? <laughs> I I posed that question to you. Uh, potentially the same jump, the jump from from uh, CD to Blu-ray. 
And then are you thinking the next jump is going to be, especially if this Xbox Slim gets announced at E3? Wait, they're looking at an Xbox Slim? Yeah, there's an FCC filing that happened, I think, was that two weeks ago? Or was, yeah, on the 12th? My God. So who's reacting to who? Because there's the PS4.5 that was announced, sort of announced, kind of announced, rumored. FCC ID number C3K1682. By the way, I don't know if you can hear the snoring coming over the line. I cannot. Okay, that is the dog if you do end up hearing it. (laughs) Dog is not amused with our podcast. Dog is like a freaking little jet engine of just... It's okay, dog. It's okay. You know what also is currently a jet engine? Jet engines? No, our uh, direct TV. <laughs> no, a jet engine is not a jet engine. You know what I meant. Yeah, I know. It's still funny. Um, our direct TV uh, DVR box is pretty loud, and I, I'm not... I think it's just a fan, which I could yeah. probably easily replace. Yeah. But um, it'd be against the warranty then, and, you know, releasing the box, but... I looked online and they're like, oh yeah, if it's a, there's a problem, the, the, the go-to action is just to give you another box, which means you lose all of your current recordings and all of your, you know, season passes and everything else. So you'd have to go through the setup all over again. I'm like, ouch, it's just a fan. Like if I just get approval to open the box up, I could, you know, it's, it's probably just, probably just a 20 millimeter fan. Yep. All I got to do is unscrew it and put another one in and plug it back in and everything will be great. Yep. It'd be a bit overkill to literally take the whole box back just for a bad fan. But but that's what you might have to do. I know. Which You want sucks. it to be quieter. I do want it to be quieter. It's quite loud. And it also comes on at random times when it goes to record something. Ah, uh, yeah. Bite the bullet. <sighs> bite the bullet. Yeah, it'd be easier to bite the bullet now rather than later. Yep. All right. I'll have to do so. <sighs> So yeah, 10 years. God, so long ago. Granted, how long has this podcast been going on for? Um, Almost that long. Wednesday, August 30th, 2006. Yep, we've been doing this for a long time, Andy. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about uploading this to YouTube. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Make a YouTube channel and just upload every episode. I feel like it'd be a bit ridiculous to do that. Yeah, it'd take a lot of time. Yeah, because we'd have to convert all the MP3 files to something and then put some sort of still no. video on there. and then. No, you, you can, I think, do all of that in YouTube. Oh, okay. And for a still image, I mean, just put the logo up there. Yeah. All right. In any case, tell me about the St. John's. So, Alex St. John, which uh, we know from Direct X Beginnings and Wild Tangent. He was also a PAX keynote speaker at one point. Okay. Um... Put an op-ed in VentureBeat yeah. in response to somebody else's article um, complaining about crunch time in the video game industry, which for those who don't know, crunch time is everybody pulling basically 24-hour days at the very end of a development cycle in order to get the game Ready out launch. on time. Yeah. So he started up a whole thing saying that, you know... This is this is part of the industry. Okay. They complain that the long hours and personal sacrifices great games require are a consequence of poor management. They want to pretend that they can turn an inherently entrepreneurial endeavor like game development into a 9 to 5 job. Somehow these people have managed to adopt a wage slave attitude toward one of the most remarkable and privileged careers in the world. Being a game developer. Yes. Okay. So he goes on things there. Luckily, at one point, I love the one of the articles says, I know I'm going to offend a lot of people by saying this, but <laughs> but I'm going to continue with about another four, five, six, seven articles. <laughs> at the very end, he says, um, uh, let's see, if you work on a game for 80 hours a week for months at a time and it seems strenuous to you, practice more until you're better at it. Making games is not a job. Pushing a mouse is not a hardship. It is the most amazing opportunity you can possibly get paid to pursue. Start believing it and you'll discover that you are even better at it. Don't be in the game industry if you can't love all 80 hour weeks of it. You're, you're taking a job from somebody who will really value it. Okay, that's a little weird. Yeah, so it's it's an article about saying that sort of thing there about, you know, crunch time and... Suck it up. Suck it up. When I did this, you know, I did yeah. all these times here. Back which, in the day. Which, back in that day, Microsoft was giving out, what, percentage of stock options for their company? Right. So, uh, yeah, I made millions of dollars. Well, you made millions because you worked for Microsoft... When Microsoft was a little bit smaller than it is. Game devs now don't make the same no. benefits. No, they don't. So, um, a couple days later, his daughter, who actually um, works in the tech industry, she's a Drupal programmer for some company. Yeah. Um, and 
basically did a counter argument against her own father and also focused on women in the tech industry as well. Okay. So and it was kind of interesting arguments? to see somebody like say, oh, yeah, no, this crunch that's built into the system that's built into your wage. And she goes, no, I am actually, you know, in the now. And I think you're not right. So this is a this is, it's it's an interesting <laughs> juxtaposition by two people from the same family. Yeah. Yeah, no, I could not do 80-hour weeks. Yes, my job most of the time is sitting in front of a computer. But still, that's the time away from Kate. That's the time away from, you know, not having to worry about, is this going to blow up? What are we going to do to keep this on the air? It's, it's still stressful, even though it's not physically strenuous. Yes, you know, pushing a, micro, a mouse around there is not physically challenging. My belly can attest to that. <laughs> is someone gaining weight? Someone is most likely still gaining weight. Okay. I don't know, because we did not uh, move our scale in the move. Really? Well, there's no room in the bathroom for it. Okay. So it's like, where, where are you going to put the bathroom scale? Uh, not in a bathroom. Yeah. But in well, a closet. We'll figure that one out. Okay. But we don't have one there, but I still feel like there is um, more there. But still, it's a strenuous job and <laughs> trying to fix that. Because no, I, do, I don't want to do the 80-hour weeks. So it, it's, it's a, I just put these on here because they're kind of thought-provoking, and I thought it was funny that his own daughter came out against him. So... Yeah, I'm going to have to read through these. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably both make some valid points, but it, it's going to take a bit to synthesize. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those quick BuzzFeed sort of articles. This one actually... This is actually a lengthy discussion that should be happening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which which it actually is happening in there. Part of the reason he went off on here is the international game developers are actually uh, targeting crunch time at Blockbuster developers in order to, you know, because people are like, you know, I'm not getting compensated extra for this a lot of extra work at the very end of the development cycle. Well, international, like certain um, international companies, because certain countries have laws about overtime, Mm -hmm. like really strict laws, like you have a 35-hour work week, and that is it. How's that sound, Andy, having a 35-hour work week? That would be nice, but then I'd be fearful of things that, you know, I wouldn't be able to get done in that time. There were times when I first started out working at Midwest where I was forced to be only part-time, so it was a maximum of 25 hours for the week. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I'd, like, I'd tell people, like, look, I'd love to help you, but I'm out of time. Peace. Yep. Well, that's what would have to happen. Yeah. Also, the other fun fact is I could not work there more than eight hours in a day, so there were a couple of times when our server blew up where I'm like... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. I was told I can't work more than eight hours today, so uh, peace. HR literally told me I cannot help you with this. Mm -hmm. I would like to. If I were to do it, here's how I would go about doing it. Have fun. Yeah, now that I've actually, um, I'm actually starting to track the amount of hours that I'm at work. Yeah. Because I have a a thing set up with uh, if this, then that. Yeah. And my Google Calendar at work, I do believe. Okay. I think it's my work one. Yeah. Where it will log when I when my phone connects to the work Wi-Fi, and then it will log when I disconnect from the work Wi-Fi. Cute. So it's like, okay, I can tell that I got into work at this time on this day, and I left work at this time on this day. Yep. So then I can start, you know, how many hours am I actually putting in? Let's try and fix this. <laughs> so let's see, what else we got going on here? Oh, man. Uh, Ford and Tesla. <laughs> Okay, so the Tesla X came out. That's the SUV with the gullwing doors, right? Okay. Ford apparently paid uh, $200,000 plus tax for the 64th model off the line. Huh. So Ford spent $200,000 to buy a Tesla. My guess is to drive it around and then tear it apart. Yeah, I mean, almost certainly. Is that industrial espionage? Like, I'm not sure where the law is on that. Like, because that's reverse engineering. I, I, I guess it's legal. I don't know. It has to be. Like, they wouldn't have done it if it was illegal, right? Yeah. Okay, Ford released a public statement on the matter. Here we go. It is a common industry practice among many automakers to buy production vehicles for testing as soon as they are released. Sometimes this means automakers pay more than the sticker price to acquire them as quickly as possible. So Ford, yeah, I guess this is a common practice for automakers is to buy the competitor's car and go, okay, how'd they do that? Reverse engineering. 
I wonder how much they would have saved in R&D costs, though, by, you know, buying this car and then tearing it apart. Probably, hopefully, more than $200,000. Yeah, I mean, just the, the sheer amount of research that mm-hmm. goes into it. But, like, I, I'm just still, like, the legality of it just seems weird. Like, I'm sure there are things that they can't do. Like, they can't decode the computer. That would be a violation of the DMCA. Yes. It's just so weird. So they bought a $200,000 car that really is just 150000 but they paid over the sticker price. Mm-hmm. So I guess we might see a Ford car that's similar? Or at least they probably wanted to get the drivetrain and everything figured out. Because what, what Ford electric vehicles are out right now? Uh, there's the Ford Fusion, which is a hybrid. Uh, 2016 Focus Electric. Okay. That's, yeah, okay, so there's a Ford uh, Focus Electric that is entirely electric. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, they don't do a lot of electric. Nothing like the Chevy Bolt. Nope. Or the Chevy Volt, for that matter. CERN. Do they figure out their wiring problem yet? I don't know. But they just uploaded. Okay. Well, although I, they, they didn't upload anything. They just connected one of their databases to the internet. Okay. It has 300 terabytes of data. Holy crap. That you can now go and explore through the CERN Open Data Portal. Uh, so this is half of what they collected in 2011. <laughs> 300 terabytes is half of what they collected in 2011. Man, who knew, like, what type of IT department CERN would need? You don't think about that, but it's like, okay, you're, you have a about lot. how much data? Yeah. Oh, God, every collision was terabytes of data. And all these things are happening in literally nanoseconds. Yep. Man, the, the data processing and storage must just be nuts. Insane. Oh, my God, so insane. Things, like, I didn't even think about that until now, but if they're doing... Wow, that's... Yeah, you, you have to write a lot of data very quickly. Yeah. Or at least you have to capture a lot of yes, data. Yes, there, there has to be a massive buffer system. Yeah, but, oh my God. <laughs> Talk about big data, Jesus. So they're opening it up uh, for a couple of reasons, but essentially it's for researchers who want to use their data. Other researchers are welcome to do it. Understandable. And students, oh. um, both for learning how to interpret it and to like drive the the um, interest in it. Because think about it, be like in a high school physics class and be like, let's look at particle accelerators. And oh, we get to explore the actual data that they are yeah. looking at. Oh, well, that's funny. Yep. Also really cool. Yep. No, the, the wiring thing, they, they need a sysadmin. That's what they need you know the uh the subreddit wiring i think it's wiring porn cable porn cable porn that's what it is yes i am a subscriber of that when i type in reddit that's actually reddit.com and then right underneath it cable Cable porn porn. wow andy wow didn't know you were into things like that oh my gosh it's (laughs) i need to for work because there's a lot of and then the opposite cable fail yes those look more like what my system looks like Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know how to manage cables that is an excellent question. It wasn't a question. Oh. Well, I would just say, like, how do you manage cables? Well, it, it, yeah. It depends on what you do. There's also a cable advice subreddit. Neat. Wow. All right. This subreddit's making me actually feel better about myself, because <laughs> at least my stuff isn't this bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Got sucked in. Yep. Uh, so, happens. yeah, CERN, CERN released all of the data, which is pretty cool, and there's a lot of it. Well, speaking of data... Uh, remember last week how we talked about the uh, esports survey, where the esports people were surprisingly male? Yes. Well, <laughs> supposedly um, PwC released their own report on esports, okay, saying that there are actually more women involved in esports than men. In watching, or like, what do they mean by involved? Well, they they asked. The uh, report found that the typical esports consumer is young, racially diverse, tech-savvy, and often female. According to them, 22% of women said that they're involved with esports versus 18% of men. Now, let me just state that their sample size, uh, 750 people. Uh-huh. Which the other sample size was, what, 2,000? Yeah, but the, the errors that you find between those two sizes is actually pretty small. Really? Having a sample size that's three times as large as your other one? Oh, almost three times as large? I may be misremembering my statistics, but as far as finding, like, averages, yeah. It's not how many times it, it is, it's the diminishing returns. Ah, Men are playing slightly more than women, and men to appear to watch from a competitive lens, while women appear to watch for enjoyment and the social aspect of the viewing experience. Mm. Uh, 68% of the respondents stated that they've watched competitive games were under 35. 
So this was one of those things where it's like, okay, we have this one data set, and then literally the next week another one comes out and kind of... <laughs> is totally different. Totally different. Totally, totally different. The other one said, oh yeah, males over the age of 35 are the ones about esports. This one's like, actually, females under the age of 35. And we're just... Yeah, I... <laughs> this is the thing about statistics. This is the, the, I don't know. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Statistics, yep. I... I'd need way more information about how both surveys were conducted, where they were conducted, when they were conducted, what were the questions. I mean, it all changes how you interpret it. Uh-huh. See, there was an episode of the Gilmore Girls, I think, when somebody was running for, like, mayor or something of the town, and one of the guys was doing a uh, poll, and he's like, well, you got 100% of the poll. Well, who'd you ask? Well, I just asked myself. <laughs> It's like, no, no, that's not how this works. Well, I was using the same percentage of the population that the Pew Research does. What? He he um, he stated off the statistics that Pew Research, you know, for presidential election, you know, tries to interview X percentage of the population. And so he scaled it down for their town. And so it was like it was just one person. So he asked himself. <laughs> cute. Very cute. Oh, Gilmer Girls. Funny yep. show. Yeah. <laughs> Not a huge fan of it. Right, so what other news we got? Oh, Intel. We talked about how they were slowing down their processing cycles for, you know, yeah. how quickly they're going to come out with new chips. That they aren't doing the, like, uh, the two-cycle method Yes, that they were working on before. Yeah, so they slowed down to a three-cycle method, and now they've cut 11% of their global staff. Whoa! 12,000 jobs will be axed in the next year. Methinks uh, something is wrong at Intel. Well, because... Um, most of their money is coming from the Internet of Things and data centers. So they don't need people? I guess they're trying to restructure, so they're going to get rid of most of the PC business. Since Okay, so the Internet of Things and data centers uh, accounted for 40% of Intel's revenue and most of its operating profit in the last year. So they're going to stop making chips? I'm, I'm not sure that's a good decision. Well, they're, my guess is they're probably going to stop making consumer chips. For desktops. My guess is they're going to focus on server quality chips, so like their Xenon line and that sort of thing. Yeah. And they're going to work on mobile chips to try and probably go after like Snapdragon and that sort of thing. Qualcomm. Yes. And ARM. Um, okay. But still. That's a lot of people. 11% of your total workforce? Whew. That's a lot of people. How many employees does Intel have? Well, it's uh, 12,000 people is uh, what they say, 11% of their total global staff. Okay. So doing some reverse math. It's uh, 110,000 people. Well, there you go. 110,000 people in the company. It's a decent size. Yeah, about just under 110,000. Jeez, laying off 11%. Uh-huh. That's a lot of people. Yep. How many of them are AMD? Well, they, I'm sure AMD is a non-compete. Probably. So they can't go to AMD. They probably can't go to most of the chip manufacturers. Although it doesn't say what kind of people they're laying off, right? They could be laying off, like, secretarial staff. Oh, which still sucks, don't get me wrong. It's just they that, that set might have an easier time finding another job. Uh, many of you will have questions about these changes. This is coming from an email that the um, CEO sent out to the company. Uh, you'll hear more details from me and from the rest of Intel's leadership team in the coming days and weeks. Uh, most of these uh, actions will be communicated over the next 60 days, but some will be spanning into next year. Makes you wonder if 11% of Intel's management is getting laid off. Oh, probably not. Or if they are getting laid off, they're getting one hell of a global, or what's, what's, the, what's the term, golden parachute? Yeah, severance package is yeah. usually what's accepted. Because, you know, that's just kind of sucky. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, screw you all. Well, thanks. Um, other fun news, which actually could go along the same lines. Yeah. Uh, New Zoo released its quarterly update to the Global Games Marketing Report. Okay. Revealing for the first time that mobile gaming is expected to take a larger share than PC gaming in the global game market. Mobile gaming is going to outpace PC gaming. Yes. It took them this long. Yes. Are you at all surprised? No. No, I'm not. I am not surprised. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, I was like, really? It, it took this long? I, would, I thought it was expected sooner. Like, mobile gaming has been making lots of money. Mm-hmm. The biggest actual global gaming... All right, here's a guess. 
Where do you think the biggest global gaming market is? China. You are actually correct. Yeah. It, it, more specifically, it's the Asia Asia Pacific market is actually half of the okay. global so global games market. China and Japan. So yeah, China is twenty four point four billion. The U.S. in comparison is actually twenty three point five billion. Oh Jesus! So We're China really close. China is a bigger market than the United States right now. Yeah. Well, but how many people are there? Yes. There's there's a, China is a big growth industry right now. China is a big growth industry right now for everybody. Microtransactions all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, surprising and not surprising at the same time. Not very surprising. No. I, I, I personally, I think the more surprising is that it took so long. Mm. Like, people should have seen that from the days of Farmville on Facebook, that these games were going to be the ones that were making the most money. Oh, Farmville. Which sucks, because these games make a lot of money, but are totally exploitative. Hey, I still like Marvel Puzzle Quest. That's a mobile game. That's not exploitive. No? Not really. They don't do any of the nasty little tricks? Well, yes, there are health packs that renew over time, and, you know, you can buy more with, you know, the coins that you have to pay real money for. But you you can actually earn the coins in-game as well. Okay. I don't think there's actually... Yeah, no, you can you can actually earn ISO, you can earn the coins, and you can earn these command points. All of them you can earn from inside the game. All right. I think command points you actually can only earn from inside the game. You Yeah, no, you actually cannot. Well, you can you can somewhat buy command points, but not really. They just come as a bonus for buying coins and for buying ISO in cash. But yeah, okay. no, everything in this game you can actually earn from inside the game. Okay. Now, if there's, you know, things that you can only buy for money, that's, yeah. It's just like that Loots and Legends games where it's like, okay, yeah, you can, you can, you can, you don't have to pay money, but, you know, if you pay money, you can get good stuff a whole lot quicker. So, I don't know, it's, that's, not surprised on that one. Yeah. So we missed a segue. We did? Yeah, we missed a a couple really good ones because we were talking about Ford and Tesla. Yes. And uh, that actually leads into a lot of other things. In fact, we we really could have come from CERN with like energy because energy conservation and all this other stuff. So down at the bottom of the list, more cars. Lots of cars this week. Car topics. Uh, More about Tesla. Yeah. Which is that Elon Musk has a plan to deal with traffic congestion, Mm -hmm. saying autonomous electric buses. But not actual buses. He said, we have an idea for something which is not exactly a bus, but would solve the density problem for inner city situations. Autonomous vehicles are key. No surprise on that one. I don't want to talk too much about it. I have to be careful what I say. Yeah. So they've got something in the works. Not the least of which the bus driver's union would want to kill him. But go on. Well, well, it's just like the humans need not apply when they when that uh, CCP Gray put out his video. The first thing he talked about was transportation. CGP. But yes. Sorry. CGP Gray was transportation was the first thing is like. Yeah, it's the easy win. Yeah, it is absolutely the easy win. Okay. So he's not saying a lot about his plan. I'm guessing it is essentially a, a a a. sideways elevator system because are we talking like a like a cab you you walk over to a station you press the summon button and one of them will just pull over you get in and you say take me to this place so it it would be it'd be just like a subway system well because he said not exactly like a bus right and autonomous autonomous and not exactly like a bus in that my in my mind i think of the people mover in detroit where it's just on a loop there's a couple of them in the loop yeah, he's randomly getting to one. I, I think this is going to be, he's going to propose something that's a little more customizable. The people mover is stuck on the trail. Yes. Like on the track. You are stuck in a certain loop. But right. okay, so this one, you can. This would be on the roads. This would but use still, existing you, infrastructure. You don't want to have a car for every person. That That's not environmentally friendly. That one will get shot down pretty quickly. If they're all electric. Okay, yes, if they're all electric, that's a whole lot of lithium. But that's that's always been my concern with the electric vehicles is where the hell are we getting all this lithium from? I don't know. Found out we have plenty of helium, though. Oh, we found another helium reserve? No, it's it's that someone misinterpreted the original article and that spread. We are running low in our helium reserve. Yeah, the George, the George Herbert Walker Bush because we, container? Yes, but that's, that's like saying we've run low on our oil reserves. That doesn't mean that we are low on oil. Mm. The helium reserve is low because the U.S. stockpiled a shit ton of helium. Yeah, they did. And we haven't actually been mining or creating 
creating helium. We've just been using what's in the reserve. Where do we actually mine helium from? Natural gas. Okay. Byproduct? Yep. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. Given that helium is a gas. So we aren't actually running out of helium. The okay. reserve is running out of helium, but that's fine because there's plenty of helium. Gotcha. That is why prices are going up is because we are running out in the reserve. The prices had been artificially low because we had a giant reserve of helium. And we're using more, but not refilling the reserve. Gotcha. Right, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. And eventually the cost will go up where it'll be profitable to start mining again, and we will. Okay. The market works. Yeah, but then sometimes the market doesn't work, and diesel has to pay, what, $18.2 billion? $18.2 billion. Oh, my God. Oh, poor Volkswagen. Poor, poor Volkswagen. Uh, the initial costs have come in. Damn. Yeah. They had an operating loss of $4.61 billion in 2015. That's not wow. including the money that they have to pay for this, or is that including? Well, that was just their, their, their operating loss for the year during an, yeah. their earnings announcement. Yeah. Said it, over this year, we have lost this much. They are going to take a big hit. Yeah. $18 billion is hard to absorb. Yep. Dang. That's... <laughs> wow. See, this is the problem, though, is this was, you know, the market trying to cheat. And it's like, well, didn't have the regulators. Granted, if we didn't have the regulators, they wouldn't have tried to cheat in the first place. It's it's balancing the market with um, the the cost that is not in. It's not a direct cost. Like, it's actually still market. It's just it wasn't a direct cost. Yeah, you're losing me. So there is a cost to burning diesel fuel. Yes. Beyond the cost of the fuel. Yes. There's the impact to the environment. That is a cost. It is not a monetary cost, but a monetary value can be assigned to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you can you say with me for that much? Yes. So this is still the market because VW was essentially ignoring that cost. They were lying to people about what their cars were costing. Gotcha. Okay. so this is still essentially rolled into that cost. Now, this is probably a little more because there's legal shit and people are pissed and et cetera, et cetera. But the cost was always there. Okay, I get it now. Okay. But still, yeah. Eighteen billion. That's a lot. That's so much money. Why are cars so expensive? The amount of research and development that was put into them. Yeah, because if the company has like the the operating margins where they can soak up an eighteen point two billion dollar cost, maybe they were making a little more money than they should have been. Well, if you want to buy a cheap car, try and import a Tata Nano. See how well that works. Yes. <laughs> That's that's the thing. Like market and economics just feels weird because I would like to live in this ideal world where companies charge what they need to make the product. That's never going to happen. No, no. They will people go into business to make money. Make a profit, right. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that, but you should make a reasonable amount of money, not an incredible amount of money. Yeah, but that's never going to happen. Nope, because humans suck. Yep. Hey, look, I said that last week. Aaron probably just had a small stroke. <laughs> no, I feel like Aaron could be legitimately say that some people suck. No, I, I meant about like oh, my a wonderful discussion world, on economics. Yeah, my he probably ideal did. world of economics that people charge like just you know a little bit more than what it costs. So speaking of making money, none of this like two hundred percent markup. Yeah, I'm making money. Um, this can oh, dovetail. Wait, 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 because we're we're still talking about energy. Oh, okay. Right? We're got? still at the bottom of the list. There's still like two other huge things for energy because there's San Francisco and solar panels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, San Francisco has made a rule that any building less than 10 stories tall new must construction. What? New construction, right? Yes, new construction. Any new building installed or built that is 10 floors or less needs to designate at least 15% of their rooftop area as being ready for solar panel installation. Oh, sorry, no. It was already a mandate in California that new buildings with 10 floors or less be designated at least 15% of the rooftop area as being ready for ready. solar panel installation. Yeah. The city of San Francisco now requires that buildings actually install solar panels in these areas. Okay. So the cost of building in San Francisco just went up. Not by much, though, because, like I said, California already said... Well, but, but California just said you have to have part of the roof allotted to this. As being ready for the installation. This right. one says, okay, you actually got to put... St oh, you're right. So then it could just be a flat roof going, oh, yeah, I know. This is perfectly ready yeah, for it's, installation. It's ready for installation. It's, it's allotted to it. It would get sun. I mean, it's in California. Of course, it's going to get sun. Mm -hmm. uh, now, San Francisco is saying you must build solar panels there. So that just, you know, it got more expensive to build in San Francisco. <laughs> On top of the already artificially inflated, inflated San Francisco prices. Yeah. 
the cost of living in San Francisco is higher than the median wage in San Francisco. Great. Did you hear that? No, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, 50% of the people who work in San Francisco can't afford to live in San Francisco. Not surprised at all. Yeah. And speaking of California and power. Yes. UC Irvine. Yeah. Oh, they're batteries. Right. So people have always been trying to make a better lithium battery. Lithium ion battery. The problem is that lithium ion batteries can only charge and discharge, I think, about 70,000 times. Which is a lot. Yeah, it's still a lot, but batteries are going to fail. Yeah. So UC Irvine was working on trying to, you know, make a better battery that can last longer. Okay. So they used gold nanowires coated in um, a magnet, magnet, manganese. <laughs> okay. And manganese. Then they, it is an element, yes. Okay. And then uh, manganese oxide, and then protected by a layer of electrolyte gel. Um, and then they just put them through the test Who's, where they would charge them, discharge them, charge them, discharge them. Brilliant idea. <laughs> like, why would you? Hey, guys, what if we made the wires out of gold and made them nanowires? It's a university. Somebody had a pipe. Somebody said, all right, let's just try this. And no, let's I, try I this. think you were right. Somebody had a pipe dream. So um, they put these batteries to the test in their charge discharge. And they said um, they weren't dying. And um, they, they got a charge discharge cycle. Uh, the, the team cycled them through 200,000 recharges without significant corrosion or decline. Cool. <laughs> However, they don't know why. <laughs> they like, we built this battery, and it's working great. Well, why is it doing that? We don't know. We don't know. The well, original isn't that there, there was another battery or, or light experiment, like it's been continuously providing power for like 90 years, and they don't know why, and they can't take it apart because it would destroy it. Oh. <sighs> There's the light bulb at the fire station that's been on in like for the past 200 years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think that might be it. There was the there was what the 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 crystals that they use tequila for, and somehow that works like hundred times better than the other stuff. Remember that topic from years ago? Nope. The centennial bulb, the longest burning light bulb in history, and it's a hundred and fourteenth year of illumination. So yeah, there's a battery in. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we we don't know. We were we were trying to make a solid state battery, and somehow they just came up with the best lithium battery ever. Yep. Well, all not all. Most great discoveries were accidents. Mm-hmm. So now we just need to figure out what the hell they did. Have they been able to replicate it? Well, they haven't. Act, this isn't actually a true battery. Um. So batteries normally have an anode and a cathode. Yeah. So you know, one goes to the other. Uh, instead of having negative. both researchers linked together two cathodes that had alternating char- that alternate charging each other. Okay. So, you know, it's he said it's like pouring water back and forth between two cups. So, you okay. know, since these aren't perfect devices, you're going to lose some charge due to um heat and just wear and tear. Okay. I mean, that's what a battery is. Yeah. But no, he basically took two batteries and hooked them up together and let them charge each other. So one yeah. would discharge while the other one charged and then back and forth. Yep. And then so it would be a continuous charge-discharge cycle. So they haven't actually made an actual battery out of this technology yet. Especially they, since like, my, my knowledge of batteries is kind of limited. I, I have a rudimentary understanding of electronics. Uh, batteries are a difference in potential, right? Yes. There's a higher charge on one side than the other. If you just hook two batteries to have them essentially charge each other, wouldn't they just both rest at 50% when the potentials were equal? Well, they could have. It, it gets complicated. I haven't had to deal with this sort of electronics in years, so... But, like, doesn't that make sense, that it would just equalize the potentials? It depends on how they had them set up, which I don't know how they had them set up. So, Andy, what I need you to do <laughs> is fly out to California. No, you don't need to fly out to California. Contact kind of UC monster. Irvine and see. Just contact UC Irvine and try and get some more information on this. All right. I got a guy's name. We can go from there. He, he also said that uh, since they're using gold nanotubes, it would be a very expensive battery. So they're going to have to try it out with more, a more common metal. Yep. All right. Anything else? Um, FCC, like remember we end. talked about the set-top boxes? Yeah. Well, um... Let's see, who is it? Uh, Disney, okay. CBS, and Viacom say that they're against the cab- uh, opening up the cable boxes. Say that, those names again? Disney, CBS, and Viacom. So ABC. Yes, CBS. CBS. And, and Viacom. Viacom, which is a lot of cable channels. Comedy Central Group, so MTV, Comedy Central, VH1, right. all those. Why are they? Oh, because they have deals with the, the providers, probably. They're con- since the comment is not actually publicly available yet... 
The concern is said to be that the new set-top boxes may present channels and TV shows in a different order than each cable company would like them to be presented in. Seems like a silly argument, which it is, but it matters because cable companies frequently have deals in place over the ordering and presentation of TV channels. Yeah. So it, they're against it because they would lose revenue on, you know, having a low-numbered TV channel. Yeah. Granted, t- TV channel numbers don't really, Make you know, a difference. <laughs> nobody really cares about TV channel numbers anymore. It's like, okay, what show do you want to find? Yep. So that was one of the cable set-top box news. The other one is uh, Comcast has announced that they're going to uh, get rid of their set-top boxes for certain customers. What are they doing instead? Um, they're calling it the Xfinity TV Partner Program. Um, so you could uh, use apps on your iOS or Android devices and like Roku and sort of thing. And the customized app will enable our customers to access their Xfinity TV cable service on their TVs via Roku streaming player or directly on a Roku TV. So bypass the thing there, and then you just use the app as your cable, quote-unquote, your cable set-top box. is just the app itself. So this is just them preparing for the FCC? Yes. Okay. Which, when they announced this, they also put a little jab in there saying that the FCC's proposed set-top box mandate threatens to undermine this highly dynamic marketplace, creating substantial costs and consumer harms, and will take years to develop, only likely to be outdated by the time it reaches the marketplace, all in an effort to achieve what apps are already delivering for consumers. Low blow, Comcast. <laughs> so, like, Comcast was like, well, if FCC is going to open set-top boxes, we're just going to get rid of set-top boxes. And then you have to use our app. Yep. Because it's software, it's not going to be regulated by this new regulation. Yep. And then they can get ad revenue and capture more data. Yep. Goddamn. Well, you won't have to rent your set-top box. Nope. I'll just be stuck using a frickin' app. Yep. Great. What if I don't want a smartphone? Too bad, so sad, you'll get a set-top box. <laughs> But then that set-top box, I can choose to do something else. True. Unless Comcast says, well, you have to have... The app. The app. It's possible. We'll have to wait and see. All right, is there anything that you want to hit at the end here? No, I think we're good. All right, random review. Yeah, it's your turn. Fishbone USB charger. Fishbone? Fishbone. USB charger. Can you make a good USB charger out of fishbones? Probably not. Well, this is going to be a pretty crappy review. Well, it's, it's the name of the device. Ah, okay. It, it is not actually made out of fishbone. No, this was a Kickstarter that uh, Kate got. You can actually now buy it on Amazon for $30. Okay. It's a charger Yeah. that um, has a total output of 7.8 amps out of the five USB ports in the back, but they're all able to be automatically adjusting to how much amperage you actually need. Okay. So it's 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 kind of like a USB charging hub. Well, it is a USB charging hub. So you you plug your you can plug five devices into this thing at one time. Yeah. The neat bit though is the the quote-unquote fishbone design which allows you to wrap your cords in these individual little slots for each device. Mm-hmm. So it's also a cord organizer as well. Okay. I love that in this picture, the devices aren't actually plugged in. Just pointing that out. Yes, I see that. So it, it's not going to look like that. No. That okay. was the other thing, though, is I've got some cords here, and I've tried wrapping them around the things, but then the if I wrap them, you know, if the cords are long, and I try wrapping them around there... It gets bulky. It gets bulky, and so the thing doesn't sit as deep into the groove, yep. and then it falls out. Yep. <laughs> I... I Wow, there are some pretty serious design flaws in this thing. Okay, but it does do charging multiple devices. Yes. And those charging, it it optimizes it for whatever device. So, like, certain devices pull different amperage, Mm -hmm. and this takes care of that. Okay. See, a lot of people say that there was, um, they had problems with it when they got them. So there might be, you know, bad issues. I haven't actually tried out all five of these at the same time to see how much amperage I can actually get out of this thing. Um, or if all of them are able to, you know, charge as much as possible. But I've also gotten some really short USB cords. Because like Mm -hmm. I said, if you wrap these things around the bottom, yes, it'll be tidy. But (laughs) But it can only store so much. Yeah. Okay. So if you buy it on Amazon, um, it does not actually come with any cords. Okay. So any USB cords. So, you know, if you buy just a bunch of short USB cords, I've got them just kind of sticking out the back. And then when I need to plug something in. Yep. Holy shit. This thing got wrecked in customer reviews. Yeah. And there's only 11 reviews, but still. But most of the people who got this got it through Kickstarter and not through Amazon. So most people who know who have the, the early Kickstarter versions of these things are. Um, wow. 
Yeah, so it, it might be ours is pretty good, but you might, according to some of these reviews, get a bad apple and have a hard time returning it. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. And like I said, it once I you know get some shorter Ethernet cables and get other things organized on this desk, I think I could be pretty good to get you know the the flex charger, my watch charger, my Kindle charger, and my phone charger. That's four of them right there. I could have all four of them plugged into this thing. And just basically have a landing spot for all of my electronics. Boom, right there. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm also that's... really glad it does not have any annoying bright LEDs. Because <laughs> for some odd reason, people really love the really bright blue LEDs on these things. Oh, you're looking at the uh, WinTech detachable universal multiport USB charging that has the blue LED on it? Yeah. Because mm. the blue LEDs are freaking bright. Yeah. So that's what I like about this one. It's a place there you, you could try and organize your cables. My suggestion, we just you buy shorter cables and use those. Someone suggested nylon cables. Could. I just found a pack that had um, a one, a three, and a six-foot cable in there, and I've just got the yeah. one and the three now plugged into this thing. Yeah, just go to Monoprice, buy a bunch of, like, one-foot cables. The price was actually cheaper to buy the pack because I, w- I wanted to get some longer cables as well. Okay. But, no, you, you can probably find people that will just sell you a pack of a bunch of... I'd say you just get five two-foot cables, and you should be pretty set on this thing. Maybe five one-foot cables, but then if I go over the top, Kindle is pretty tall. Yeah. I don't know. You'd probably go around the side for the other ones, maybe. I don't know. I'll think about it. Okay. But yeah, the Trend Lift Fishbone Smart Charging Dock Station, five ports. Not bad. 30 bucks, though. And you might have a problem, it seems. Yeah. Well, the reviews are pretty harsh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Random topic. Yes random topic rolled ahead of time yep would you let your neighbor build a grand scale railroad through your backyard if they also let you use it what is a grand scale railroad you ever seen those uh grand scale to me sounds like big and my backyard is not big for a railroad these are the these are the railroads that it looks like you're like a giant sitting on a toy train that's what the it's so it's rideable but it's still a model train does that make sense so it's like chair sized locomotive pretty much yes uh my backyard would be terrible for that like it would be awful to do that in my backyard i would question my neighbor's sanity because i'm pretty sure like amtrak would not be allowed to make rails in my backyard because it's such a steep slope the hill in my backyard you'd have to tunnel into it so i'm gonna go with no because it would just be a bad idea i could see something that goes across because we're on a rectangular block right yeah and we're at one of the ends of the narrow sides and we're in the middle so i could see somebody maybe doing like a giant loop through all the house backyards or maybe a smaller loop through the three houses on the end here backyards yeah or maybe the five houses that are all kind of joined together here in the backyards but that would be your backyard because our backyard our, our acreage is not that great but like quarter acre lots yep so like it's just not a lot of space. No, it's it wouldn't be very exciting, especially since it's pretty flat out on the back here. So it'd be just like a big flat loop. It'd be like, oh, great, here comes the train again. Plus, our neighbors have dogs, and so we would have to, you know, have either some sort of, like, gate system. <laughs> or the train stopping at a gate, the gate opening up, the train squeezing through. And then the gate closing behind it. Yeah, yeah. that's what... It, it's, uh, no, it'd, it'd be, be ridiculous over system. here. If you do anything, do it on the frickin' massive land that the elementary school has. I forgot I measured out. Do I have Google Earth on this thing? Oh good, I do have Google Earth. If we're going to do any sort of model railroad, do it in the massive land that the elementary school has. Looks like the school has about four acres of land behind the school that's just wide open spaces. It's quite a lot. Yeah, so if you're going to do something, I'd say do, do it, it over there, there first. <laughs> Not... I hate to sound old, but not in my not backyard. Not on my lawn. Get that's off a, my lawn. That's the, that's the old saying. It's like, oh, this is great, but not in my backyard. Yep. Sure, do it over there, but not in my backyard. Just do it in somebody else's somewhat backyard. <laughs> do it in the school's backyard. Yeah. All the kids will love it. Oh, yeah. The people, though, whose backyard butt up against that land? Not so much. Probably not so much, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, there we go. That's the random time. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure. Yep. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, 
feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.